Welcome to Respawning Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast where three lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. I'm Holden Depardo. That's Chad Michaelinis. Hey, Chad. And you're you. And that's why we love you. We're jumping right off with another look at the PlayStation 5 from Wired. Thank you to Peter Rubin for working with Sony to talk to us about this. You're welcome. AKA write an article that's that we Peter's read. Voice. You're welcome. So we got some new information. Um, let's just barrel through what's here, and then we'll discuss it. So it's now officially called PlayStation 5. I know you're surprised. What? Big shocker. Um, what? I think this is hilarious. Jim Ryan, the CEO of um, of SIE, said, It's nice to be able to say it. Like a giant burden has been lifted from my shoulders. Really? Has it been a burden to not say it's called PlayStation 5? You don't know. You don't know. Maybe behind the scenes they were thinking about calling it Narb. Narb. <laughs> the PlayStation Narb. <laughs> maybe, yeah, no, PlayStation... maybe even dropping PlayStation name in general. Yeah, maybe. They're just going to call it Narb. Yeah, PlayStation is, the brand is of the, poisonous. Just call it Narb. Narb. Whoa. It's coming holiday 2020. Uh, Mark Cerny did offer some updates or kind of some clarifications on things that they had uh, stated in the last Wired article. The first is that ray tracing is hardware accelerated via the gpu it is on a software process which is really good news that means it'll probably work very well it's also designed for it it's not shoehorn it's designed for it this was cool the solid state drive performance is they kind of talked a little bit more about that so basically on spinning disk drives developers might need to as I kind of put it, artificially speed up the performance of that hard disk. So you don't have to wait for it to spin all the way around to get to certain data. Um, now they don't need to do that because the solid state performance is so much higher that file sizes could be smaller. I think it's worth also, explaining that a bit more. Okay, so like when you have a, a spinning disk drive, there are essentially parts of that disk have the information loaded on it. So if they needed to load Duplicate up certain trees... Was that duplicate information? I think is important. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting to that. So they'll have like a tree, but if they don't want to wait for a full rotation to get to that tree, they might put that tree on different spots on the disc, duplicating as you just said, so that it doesn't have to spin as far to get to that each time. But they don't have to worry about that anymore. They can just put the tree there, and the solid state drive will be able to access it extremely fast, no matter where it is. So you'll reduce the file size like that. It also means that because they can have like a, a more granular control over the data and how it's located, they can also say like, hey, you don't want to play the single player of Titanfall 2 because you've already beaten it? Just delete that off of your system. Just keep the multiplayer portion and go ahead and keep playing. That's a really cool addition. It's like, I have Red Dead Redemption 2. It's 100 gigs. How much of that's the online that I never play? Also, the single player that I never, never play, play. <laughs> even though I really want to. <laughs> so that's so that's some really cool stuff. They kind of offer two good clarifications there. Um, oh, also SSD because the SSD and how it works and how that kind of ties directly into the game's performance. You are required to install games to the SSD, even if it's on a disc. We'll come back to that when we discuss this. I'm sure. The game discs themselves on the PS5 are going to be 100 gigabytes. It's going to have a 4K Blu-ray optical drive on the system. That's some nice shit to hear. Hallelujah! Uh, I don't know what this means. This is kind of vague, but they said it. Home screen will offer more information, preventing you from having to launch games to, quote, see what's up. That means that, you know, right now you can see sometimes, oh, Holden is playing Apex Legends as this character. 
And you can mm-hmm. see that from like the friends list or from the Apex game icon. I, no, I get that. Yeah. So this is saying there's going to be a lot more information about that. So like, but what does that look like? When I, when I was wondering that was like, what does that look like in the UI? Oh, so it's a completely different question. You understand what it's saying, but you have more questions. Yeah, I have more questions. Like, how okay, does that look? Gotcha. How is that going to perform? Yeah. Um, then they jumped into the next generation DualShock. This stuff sounds fantastic. First of all, this the biggest the feature of, of all, USB-C connector is the biggest deal out of all of it. Hallelujah! <laughs> uh, joking aside, that is there, though, to be frank, but uh, that's a good one. The bigger deals are it's going to have adaptive triggers that have uh, varying degrees of resistance. So, like, they make this example of if you are pulling the string on a bow, like, maybe in a game like Horizon Zero Dawn 2, which is going to be coming out definitely to that system. Horizon 1 Dawn. Horizon 1 Dawn. <laughs> You'll feel that resistance of the bow. Different guns will have different feel because a sniper rifle is different from a shotgun. That's kind of cool to see how that's going to play out. There's also going to be haptic feedback that's much, much more refined than we've seen before. I'm thinking it's similar to HD Rumble, probably more advanced. And they throw this example out there of... Oh, I put Conde in here as well. Just to Peter. Um... <laughs> So, Peter says that he was impressed with the haptic feedback that he saw in demos for GT Sport and Astro Astrobot Rescue, where, in especially in Astrobot Rescue, walking th- over different types of terrain, like grass or sand, he felt a different response in the controller, which is something we have not necessarily seen from HD Rumble. It seems like this might be more persistent throughout the game, as opposed to HD Rumble, where it just kind of pops up when Mario runs over a spot that has a moon on it. Yeah. Or like tells you um, balls are in it. Yeah. Dane Deasy's balls. Trademark Dane Deasy. <laughs> That's right. Sony cannot have Dane Deasy's balls because Dane Deasy already trademarked his balls. Mm-hmm. If they wanted them, they they might have to pay him out big cash for it. It's highly in demand. Those are some hefty, weighty balls. Weighty in the sense that like they are weighted, <laughs> like they're weight in gold. Yeah. Speaking of weighty, the controller is heavier than the DualShock 4. But it will be lighter than an Xbox One controller when an Xbox One controller has batteries in it. Yeah, so it seems like a, a nominal difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, Peter also noticed a hole on the controller. Was it a microphone, he wondered? Mark no, that's Cerny and a the hole that you pee into whenever you're playing Death Stranding. <laughs> Mushrooms grow out of it. <laughs> uh, Mark Cerny and the spokesperson were uh, coy about that. They just said, we'll talk about it later on. And then is that the, the PlayStation said, assistant thingy that we saw all the patent for? The spokesperson said, "We make lots of patents we may or may not use in our products." Which, if it was if it was a no, they would have just said, "No, that's not what it's used for." <laughs> well, they can't so instead, say you're going to pee on your controller. <laughs> and then the um, last part of this is that uh, Mark uh, Marco Thrush, yeah Thrush of Blue Point Games, who did Shadow of the Colossus, they said that they're working on a big one right now and that we'll just have to wait to figure out the rest or for now we'll have to figure out the rest so they're working on something ps5 it's a big game who knows what it they've is they've already Probably. said everything they've already said that same thing but they just hadn't said that it was ps5 related before because okay. blue point after shadow of the colossus came out they're like our next game is bigger than shadow of the colossus it's a big game and that's everyone's like oh what is that gonna be scale bound shadow of the colossus but the sun is closer so the shadows are bigger Ooh. So that's all the PS5 stuff we got. 
it's lighter than it was the time before, I think. But I think the controller is a big deal. Yeah, I think the controller is the most important thing, which makes me so fucking pumped for whatever PSVR 2 is. Because if they can take that kind of technology and immerse you in that visually and with haptic feedback, I'm, yeah, like if, I'm jizzing everywhere. If the, contr- if like the headset vibrated against your face as you're using it, that'd just be insane. Yeah, so that whenever <laughs> you have like a vibrating towel on your face when you're riding first class in a plane, you can feel that the same. It's true that, true that. Yeah. Also, the, um, what do you think the SSD size is going to be on this thing? That's because what I was going to ask. If everything is mandatory to install on the SSD, that sounds like you're not supporting external storage. Not only that, the game discs are up to 100 gigabytes now. Yep. Are they expecting that's going to be a regular size for games? I feel like that's a little bit of future-proofing. Okay. I don't know, because e- even a terabyte SSD is expensive, and that's kind of the expectation I think people are going to have is, well, my PS4 Slim even has a one-terabyte option now. The PS4 Pro obviously is a one-terabyte option. The yeah. PS4 Special like 500 million edition had two terabytes in it, right? Yeah, it was a two terabyte. Are they going to go down to like a 256 a, because they need to save money on solid state drives? Like That'd be a huge letdown. You can't. You can't. Although I do think all of these things that they're talking about, being able to install part of a game or uninstall part of a game, is all in prepping us for, by the way, this is going to be a smaller than expected hard drive. So mm-hmm. here are some ways that we can mitigate that. But I think the minimum they should ship this with, like where I'd be like, uh, it's not what I want, but I get it, would be 512. I think that's no, the lowest. It has to be a terabyte. Sh- I agree. It has to be a terabyte. I totally agree with you. But to save money, I could see them going for 512, but they shouldn't push lower than that. If they go 256, is it's 256, 512, or a terabyte? Like that, Those are the options they really have. No. The 512 is not an option with 100 gigabyte games and the operating system taking up as, like, you know, as mm-hmm. much as it does. Sometimes it's like a fifth of the storage. It, that's totally. like three games you can put on there. 512 this is, also is not an option. I agree that it shouldn't be an option, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. And I, it, I, that's the amount I would forgive them for. No, nope, They cannot go lower than that. These are not just standard SSDs as well. These are custom-made SSDs, which means pricey and expensive. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling this console is going to come in at least $500. Well, this is where I'm thinking there's all that rumor of ps5 and ps5 pro could at the same time what if the ps5 pro is hey if you want a little bit better graphics and you want storage you could manage and deal with get the pro if you just want to be a quote-unquote more casual console user then get this like regular ps5 that is the 512 storage or god forbid 256 they'd be laughable if they came out with the 256 it'd be laughable nope not an option not even considering it it's not gonna happen you're wrong we'll see we'll see we'll see i bet you three dollars (laughs) <laughs> it is too early to be making guesses like that i can't put serious no, money down on the table <laughs> <laughs> we're a year um, from release holden here's here's my thing though anyone who's excited about the haptic feedback of the dualshock 5 which let's be honest that's what's going to be called can no longer make fun of me no. for liking hd rumble no we can <laughs> Yeah, HD Rumble did not have bowstring triggers that feel different than machine gun triggers. So, but you could feel Mario shiver, and that was awesome. Nah, nah, it's great. HD Rumble's cool, but it's not a godsend like you were saying it was. <laughs> it's incredible. So, do you have any more thoughts on PS Five? 
You have two now more that we can officially here. call it PS5. Was that? You have two more stories here on it. I know, but that's not about the console itself. Okay. So you're good about the console itself? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So moving on from that, dozens of PlayStation layoffs in Europe as PS5 was announced. So the impacts are already happening. PS5 is already destroying the industry. Um, so basically all this means is that there are layoffs because of the restructuring that we saw with Sean Layden and the other guy from... Who's the other guy that got, that got moved out as well? He the was guy from Japan. The guy from Japan. I forgot his name. Um, him as well. Those restructurings are impacting the marketing and PR firms, or departments, I should say, within Sony, which they're probably just restructuring because they want to have a lean, mean machine to market and kind of push the PS5 out with. Well, a few years ago, they they relocated global headquarters from Japan to America, to the U.S., Santa Monica, not Santa Monica, Santa something. One of those California Santas. Um and they so since then they've been kind of going as is with still having a Sony Europe and a Sony Japan and a Sony North America and all and yeah. each one has been operating kind of independently and so this restructuring it sucks that these people are losing their job but now they're just like we're going to have one marketing one PR department and it's going to serve everyone globally which i think is a better yeah. strategy going forward rather than having fractured messaging well it's yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're 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 leaning up the machine so it's more effective. Like they would yeah. have issues with third party partners not being certain of what's the deals going on because they have to talk to different segments of the company, which felt like talking to different companies at times. Yep. So it's it's, it's uh, skimmed it out. Sucks that it happened, but there's now a lot of redundancies in those roles. We still know a lot more about these layoffs than we do about Sean Layden, which sucks. Yeah, I have this suspicion that this PS5 announcement came out of nowhere. And I feel like it was just like, don't pay attention to Sean Layden. Look at this, more PS5 stuff. Sean Layden's dead somewhere. They killed him. Sean Layden is dead somewhere. Probably not. Probably not. Well, you can't say otherwise. I can't say otherwise, but there's other possibilities. Like, he's humiliated as just staying at home. Which is, I think, more likely. Oh, poor Sean Layden. GameStop stock drops by 5% following the PS5 release announcement. This one makes less sense to me. I yeah. get that. So, like, the, the shareholders are saying that they dropped out because it means that they're not going to be bringing in console sales at a higher volume because of the new consoles within the final quarter of 2019 and the first quarter of 2020. But if, like, no offense to them, if they were really paying attention to the video game industry would they have thought that the console is going to come out by the end of this year or early next year anyway like sounds like they don't know what they're talking about uh oftentimes that is the case these shareholders are not people (laughs) who follow the industry like we do they are just people who have a lot of money who are very reactionary to really dumb things it reminds me of apple announcements where like apple announces a brand new phone and they know it's gonna sell well but the stock always drops a little bit after they announce new products because ar glasses weren't shown off or something ridiculous like that although maybe that's coming soon who knows who Um, knows who knows but yeah that's a playstation 5 stuff we got a lot of stuff to talk about this episode actually there's some pretty huge stories we got a huge breakdown of the behind the scenes at atari with the vcs which um, I'll just say this. You won't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Number six and gonna, won't surprise you. We're talking a little bit about Xbox Game Pass and how that works with certain developers. And we're also talking about this whole Blizzard China debacle that went down. 
So we're going to talk about that too. Chad, before we do all that though, what'd you play this week? I played Borderlands 3. I'm getting close to the end of that game. I'm on like mission, story mission 18 of 23, I think. I am frantically trying to finish that game. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I love it. But I have other things to play. So I'm now trying to power through the end of that game so that I can get to Destiny 2. I can't wait. I downloaded it again. <laughs> you guys had so much fun last week playing it, and I got so jealous. I launched it just to get the trophy pops for the the Warlock and the Hunter um, unlocking all the subclasses trophies. And then I like played just a bit as the Hunter for the first time in Destiny 2. My Destiny 1 character was a Hunter, but then I played a little bit as the Hunter in Destiny 2, and I was like, holy shit, so much has changed since I got into this game. There are so many different ways to manage inventory and there are like the seasonal things that are completely new to me and they're like, oh my God, that's crazy. There are finishing moves for the melee attacks that are super dope and you can unlock new ones and it's like, holy crap, that's awesome. There's so much that's new to this game and I can't wait to replay it all with a fresh lens and perspective. So basically you couldn't wait until you finished Borderlands 3 just sort of play Destiny 2 anyway. I started it, but now I'm going to finish Borderlands 3. <laughs> I can't wait. If you don't know why we are playing Destiny 2, it's our um, game night game for the next few weeks. So playing it on Thursday nights, just going through strikes and the weekly missions and stuff like that. Um, and play those thanks along to Trevor us. Bettis for kind of informing us that that's the better path to go. No, if fuck you're gonna that do story guy. Missions. <laughs> Have you ever met Trevor Bettis? Me neither. He's but dope. we've done awesome. shows together. Just kidding. That guy's great. <laughs> uh yeah so play it on your own the raid itself is unlocked from the beginning and only has a light level requirement or power level requirement of 750 so technically which is where you start now but yeah. if we power ourselves up then we might be able to actually beat it in one night so november 7th if you are looking to play the raid with us november 7th also join our clan join our destiny clan respawn name fire oh, uh, I haven't done holden that do it because as we all complete things throughout the game then we all get bonuses so join our clan. We've already got me and Dusty and Dallas and I don't remember who else. Join it, join it, join it. I also played Beat Saber again. Surprise. I just wanted to give I'm an update shocked. on High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. That's the game. He now hates Beat Saber. It's the worst game he's nope. ever played. Still fucking love it. I <laughs> am so close to getting the song Every Note Perfect on uh, double the speed of the song and with the arrows disappearing on it. I'm, I've gotten like 30 different times. I've only missed like two notes and it's so frustrating, but also so satisfying. And at one time I was seventh in the world, but now I've bumped down to 11th on that oh. song. I know. I know. Shame. I thought you were family. good at this game. And then Trevor saves the universe. I got that platinum. Ooh, ooh. 40th Platinum. Happy birthday to me. Uh, I got to play as Jopo. There's a stupid update where they replace your purple Trover character with a yellow character named Jopo, who looks just like Mr. Poopy Butthole from Rick and Morty. And Oh, that's from Rick and Morty. You don't just say that. <laughs> and that's funny. It's so dumb. But I, I played as Jopo to do some of the like, cleanup trophies to get some more power babies to put into my eyes and all that fun stuff. 
and they just take all the dialogue and anywhere that they would have said Trevor or Trover, they just replace with Chopo. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. Chopo doing all this shit. It's so fucking funny, but it totally fits the character of this game. <laughs> There's also a new DLC that dropped this week for it for free that I can't wait to play. Um, loving it. Loving it. And then Dragon Quest Eleven. I played more of the demo. I am slogging through this thing a half hour at a time. Trying <laughs> so really to like it. it. <laughs> I I know that everyone says the beginning of the game is the most boring, awful part of this game. So I am trying my hardest to fight through to get something interesting. So I've only spent like three and a half hours total with it so far. But I am, whew, it is not catching me. But I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, I, I could feel that. I think I was liking it because it kind of harkened me back to... Like earlier JRPGs I had played on my DS as a kid. And it's very simple in that way. I think that I kind of liked it because it's kind of mindless in that way. It's I'm 10 hours in and it's starting to kind of like, okay, when is this when is this gonna pick up? Yeah, so, I also don't know if I like I don't think I like the 3D part of it. It just makes for it makes for the whole world to feel like it looks cool but it's also kind of vapid and i i'm 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 so conflicted as to whether i buy the game and play it in 2d to see if i like it or whether i finish the demo first to see if i like it enough to buy it (sighs) i don't know what to do i thought you already bought it no i haven't bought it yet i'm still playing Uh, the demo i i own it now so i feel like i have to beat it and i have to keep pushing through Keep pushing. But I also know that I have 50 hours left in the story. Yes! Speaking <laughs> of story, what other stories have you been playing? Well, I've been playing Destiny 2 as well, and I fucking love it. It is so good. It is better than Borderlands. It's a looter shooter in every way as far as I'm concerned. It controls I think everyone better. in the world just agrees you're wrong on Borderlands. <laughs> that's fine whatever I'm, i'll be in the minority on that that's cool but destiny 2 the shooting mechanics are i mean this is compared to borderlands 2 i've not played borderlands 3 but it's just they're so much more refined it's just such a mechanically sound game i absolutely adore how it feels but also bungie's really good at first person shooter so yep that shouldn't be surprising there's just something satisfying when you get that headshot and their head like pops to the like black smoke it's so cool. It's awesome. Yeah, you and sound like I feel serial like... killer right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback to Affable Idiots, which you guys will hear on Thursday. You should listen to Affable uh, Idiots. It's a fun show. We talk about house music for 35 minutes. <laughs> and and call the serial killer. Yep. <laughs> so, where was that? Oh, yeah. So, the, the finding loot is also more exciting. I was telling this to Trevor when we were playing on Thursday, which is that when I find a gun... In Borderlands, I always felt like there was something a little wrong with it that would keep me going to the next gun. Whereas in Destiny, every game just feels, every gun feels so good, every gun feels worthwhile that I'm excited to get the next gun because it's going to get better. And that's a that's a much better cycle than I think it exists in Borderlands Two. Also, the existence of strikes and things like that make it better to play with your friends. Where I don't feel like I'm missing out on the story, and I'll do the story when I'm on my own playing. Have you started the story yet? I have started the story, yeah. How far are you in? Not very far because I kept doing I kept doing other stuff instead. 
of the story there's also like all these introduction missions of like do the crucible okay now do a strike on your own now do the gambit and like it's trying to get you to try out different things yeah i thought if, that was the main quest and it's not the main you quest. are just jumping to this game quest. for the first time right now there is a garbage truck full of so many different things that you could all do at once that's kind of overwhelming mm-hmm. like looking at it's like there are quests there are missions there are strikes there's crucible there are factions there's what do i do and what counts it's, towards it, what it is overwhelming a little bit because i started a mission then realized oh this is an expansion mission i shouldn't do this so i finished the mission because it's already in it and now i'm like okay where was the main quest again but the main quest is you're following the What's new light path for the main missions for the main game yeah but the new light path thus far have been like get um Go to go to Gambit. Go to Crucible. Go to like Strike. It's it's those kinds of things. Whereas I think the story of Destiny Two is was a guy Grawl or something like that. He like destroys the tower. That's like the opening of the story of Destiny Two. I played that, but it wasn't labeled Main Quest. It was labeled something else. I can't remember what it was. I don't want to check. You play Destiny Two, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that is the, the the main story, right? Is the tower yeah. gets destroyed, you go to the farm instead. Yeah, that's not labeled a main quest in the New Light edition. No, it's labeled New Light. But the, there is something called main quest instead of that. It doesn't it's that's kind of confusing are, to me. There are parts of of the main storyline that also introduce you to other parts of the game. Okay, that's it's still confusing them because they don't introduce exactly. the main story as the main exactly. quest. Exactly, it is yeah. confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point so, is that there are so many different things that it's hard to figure out what to do. Yeah, but nothing, none of that has deterred me from enjoying when I'm in a mission and enjoying that mission. They're also shorter than I remember. Their missions so far have only been about like twenty minutes each. That's about normal. So normal, okay. But yeah, I'm really liking it a lot so far. Um, one thing that's kind of funny is it goes from because it's a lot more of a focus on NPCs now. Mm-hmm. Is it goes from the environments looking absolutely incredible with the lighting to seeing an NPC talk to you and going, man, that guy's beard just looks fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, again, it doesn't bother me. It's just, it's just kind of funny. One thing that really annoys the shit out of me, and I've already played too much. I'm in too deep. I got to deal with this now. Once you create your character, mm-hmm. you can't change your character's aesthetic. That is it. You can just choose to always keep the helmet on. I'm going to do that, I think. Because <laughs> here's what happened. is When I was putting my character together, there was one like accent thing you can put on your character's head that made it look like part of the metal broke. And it was like there was like an opening of some kind. Uh-huh. And then when I look at my character, the menu screen, which has a different angle on it than what I saw in the character creator, I realize it's a metal flower. And I have <laughs> a metal flower on my head at all times. And I'm like, God damn it, that's not what I wanted. I don't want a metal flower in my head. So now my character has a metal flower on its head, and I have no choice but to keep it. And I'm in, I'm in two, I'm at light level 800 now. Yeah. So like I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose that. I got fifty light points. You're sort of in too deep and you try to keep my bum bum in my head. Dead of going under. That song was about me playing Destiny 2. Simple play and they knew it back in the nineties. I think it was Simple yep. Play. Or maybe it was some forty one. I think it was some forty one. Yeah. I also played Spider Man. Played some Spider Man this Still? Week. Still. Well, I played a little bit of it 
I'm still very early in the game. I played a little bit of it when I first downloaded it, and then I stopped playing for a while. I picked it back up again this week, and yeah, I will talk more about it once I power through it and beat it. Because I'm gonna, my goal is to beat it before Luigi's Mansion comes out. Oh, before Spoopy Halloween! Spoopy Halloween! Halloween! So that's my goal. But yeah, that that's what I played this week. Dope. Ver dope. Um, cool. Let's move on to fetch quests. First fetch quest here is Mike. Is it? It's Mike Barra. Is Yabara. Is Ibarra okay? Yabara. 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 Mike, okay. Mike Yabara. Gotcha. Mike Yabara, who worked at uh, Xbox as a vice president, is stepping down, as according to Chris um, Moisey. Moise. Whatever. What a good press release and way to honor someone who's leaving a company after decades of performance. Exactly. Way to go Xbox. <laughs> um, so that's good. Outer Wilds is set to release on PS4 October 15th. There's a new launch trailer that debuted, and Chad said something along the lines of, Why did anyone tell me about this game? Right? Exclamation point question mark. <laughs> this game looks so good. Why did no one tell me it exists? Everyone did. He just thought it was Outer Worlds, and you ignored I, it. Legit 100%. I'm pretty sure. Instead of watching an Outer Wilds trailer before, I've only seen Outer Worlds trailers twice. <laughs> or I saw two different trailers for Outer Worlds thinking it was Outer Wilds. But Outer Wilds looks looks so fucking good. It looks like it's full of mystery and majesty, and it looks amazing. And it's an Annapurna game. That's all you had to tell me was an Annapurna game, and nobody fucking told me it was an Annapurna game. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I'm in. I'm 100% in. And it comes out so in like you're two getting days. October 15th? Yeah. You're, I'm getting it too, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm excited. God, it looks so good. I also want to play it for Game of the Year consideration. Outer Worlds hear... looks like Space Fallout 4, and that I'm not interested in. But that's also... See, Outer Worlds is coming to Switch later on, so I'm just waiting for that version of it. And then Doom has been delayed, so I'm like, cool, I got time to play another game. I'm going to play this. Outer Worlds is coming to Game Pass, so I'll just download it for free and then not play it. <laughs> uh, moving on, Google's apparent plan to tackle lag on Stadia explained. Basically what it is, this is actually kind of cool, they... We'll use AI to predict what button you might hit next and then pre-render that stuff ahead of time, a few different options, so that when you hit the button, it can respond instantaneously as opposed to having to send it back to a screen later on. It, it, it's kind of wild stuff, but they said that in a few years in perfecting this technology, they might get it to a point where, and this sounds absurd, it might work it might feel more responsive than a regular console does. Yeah. This is also something. So they're, they're based. Yeah. They're predicting different outcomes based on your habits or machine learning and AI. And then they're like, Hey, we're going to send all of these video frames to your device. That way it looks like it's instantaneous, but it's not something that's new necessarily, even in gaming. No, no. Other VR. They have to predict where you're going to move in order to make sure that it feels one to one. Otherwise, you're going to get sick and throw up. So they're using the same type of predictive technology in VR. Mm -hmm. They've been using it for how long has VR been out? Like mainstream, like twenty four or five years now. Twenty twelve is when it kind of started in mainstream in terms of discussion and getting the developer kids out there. But I guess yeah, you're right. Twenty sixteen is when the first Rift headset came out. Did the five come out before or after that though? I feel like Rift and Vive are like within a month of each other. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't matter. They, so this type of stuff has been for VR for a while. And now people are like, oh my God, they're going to make me push a button I didn't actually push. No, that's not how it's going to work. Dumb. <laughs> 
I, you'll start to be able to blame games. Like, damn it, Dark Souls, I didn't hit that button. <laughs> AI just told you <laughs> I hit that button. That'll start happening. Uh, yeah, this is cool stuff. I, I still have doubts on... It'll be more responsive than a console game. Don't quite get that, but maybe we'll see one day. Microsoft is apparently also working on that same tech to build into xCloud, according to the developer they talked to, at least, um, here. So that's cool stuff. Um, I already mentioned this story, actually, earlier. Doom Eternal is going to be coming out in March 2020. Specifically March 20th. Which is the oh. same day Animal Crossing comes out, which is three two zero two zero two zero. Big problem. That'll never this... happen again. <laughs> that date will never come around again. You can say about every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Switch version uh, has also been delayed further than March twentieth, which is a shame because they said that would be released the same day as everything else, which I was looking forward to because I might have grabbed it on Switch. But I think I'm actually just going to get that on PS4 yeah, anyway. Don't grab that on Switch. Yeah. What are you thinking? I was thinking I was going to grab it on Switch. What are you thinking, Holden? Dumb thoughts, apparently. Uh. Chad, walk us through our Microsoft Quest log here. So there's a a misleading headline called Oxid Free Creator Explains How Xbox Game Pass Works for Developers from IGN Unfiltered. So this actually comes from an episode of a podcast called IGN Unfiltered that Ryan McCaffrey does over at IGN where he talks to game developers and they come in and they just chat about a bunch of shit. Um, the developer of Oxenfree, Platonic, who's also has the upcoming game After Party about drinking, out drinking the devil, basically, in all these interesting ways. Um, they opened up briefly during the interview to not talk about how Game Pass works for developers in terms of like, how do we get paid and all this kind of stuff and the negotiations and that kind of stuff. What it actually is, is when people mention that somehow... When your game goes on Game Pass, it makes it more successful sales-wise. Everyone's always been like, I don't understand how that works. And he's there to say, oh, it turns out it actually does. Uh, and they had a couple of examples. Like, Oxenfree has been has sold one million copies across all the different platforms. And uh, then it's also been downloaded three million times on Game Pass. That was their first game, Oxenfree. So with that being said, he's like, more often than not, people are then playing this game. It's getting visibility because you know you get the free marketing with Xbox from all of their inside Xboxes and these games launched on Game Pass today, trailers and stuff like that provided by Xbox. But then people are playing it there and then actually double dipping and triple dipping and buying it in other locations as well. And he mentioned that it might just be due to that particular part might just be due to how like the size of the experiences and the length of the experiences that they have that people are comfortable for a few hours of gameplay for a little bit smaller price, buying it multiple times. Uh, but he said, yeah, had we not had that experience with Oxenfree on Game Pass, then we wouldn't have done what we're about to do with their second title, After Party, where they're launching on Game Pass as well. Because somehow they get more visibility from this and actually sell a ton more copies because they're on Game Pass. And it doesn't even cannibalize Xbox game sales. Like It still sells well on the console despite being free for subscribers of Xbox Game Pass. I thought that was super dope. We always heard like anecdotally one-offs or two-offs, and this is like lending more credence to that. It's fun to have numbers to go along with it too. Yeah, and one thing it was interesting is he was kind of tight-lipped about what he could and could not say. Mm. about like the, He never really mentioned what the actual deal was to no. get Oxenfree and After Party on. He said, we got Oxenfree on there. It's similar to Netflix, 
and that's kind of all he alluded to and then said we got a similar deal for after party as well he kind of alluded um, to the fact that yes there are ways that they make you feel more comfortable up front putting your game on the subscription service so like to make us believe that maybe they get a lump sum up front which we've already speculated for years yeah um, but it's and that there's that some other thing afterwards it. yeah I mean that that makes sense if anyone could say it we would have known about it years ago yeah I from wonder why Netflix, though is that a, is that a competitive PSN. thing so I don't know it, it's, it's interesting to me well it kind of ties into I think we have this coming up later probably PSN pay, plus pays less than or more than this company service which pays less or more than this company service so like if word got out that Hey, their going rate is this. I don't want to be on Xbox Game Pass unless you also pay me this. Oh yeah, okay. Um, cool, cool. Let's go to our third party quest log. All right, um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna try to be quiet during this one because we all know that this just pisses me off. <laughs> it is so much worse than you think. Okay, so this is a. Here's the headline: It's game over. Atari VCS architect quits project. Claims he hasn't been paid for six months. Holy shit. This is from Kieran McCarthy at the Register. Good job. This is some really good reporting. This is a lot. So let me just run through all of it, and then we'll just shit all over Atari afterwards. Um, Okay, so Rob Wyatt is the head of Tin Giant. He's a design firm that is working with Atari VCS. He is the head architect of the VCS. And he left the project because, again, he hasn't received any money um, to him or his organization in the past six months. Quote, I was hoping to see the project through to the end and that it wouldn't come to this, but I have little choice other than to pursue other opportunities. Um, Both Surface Inc. and Atari have been asked about outstanding and unpaid invoices, but the register hasn't received any statements from either company. Uh, Atari has actually commented at this point. Surface Inc. is another company that Atari was partnering with on the VCS. Um, so they both won't talk about it, but the, maybe Surface Inc. is having the same concerns with not getting paid as well. Wouldn't surprise me if Tin Giant had the same thing. Um, so this is where it gets really interesting. So work never began with the VCS until they actually had money from the crowdsourcing campaigns. Something we kind of joked about, totally true. They literally they used- crowdsourced without having a product. Uh, they used that money to hire Tin Giant and uh, Rob Wyatt. By the time that Atari announced pre-orders were opening up for the VCS, this was in uh, May or June, they didn't even have a working prototype yet. That's Rob Wyatt turned in the first motherboard, just the motherboard, a month ago in September. So they were working for six months just to produce a motherboard. Now they're gone and they're still coming out in March? How's that going to work? So how is development going thus far? Well, apparently Atari has been extremely stingy with their money, and that's led to some poor decisions. They're not going to have a customized OS. It'll instead just basically be a Linux PC. Uh, Kieran McCarthy, the writer of the article, likens the console to a Steam machine. There's going to be no store. Therefore, there's no Atari ecosystem. You will not go to like an Atari homepage or PSN or eShop. None of that. You just... You provide your own games, and this makes it risky for developers because now they have a platform with no security on it. You can pirate games to put it on there. You can do all sorts of stuff because it's not... I mean, is this even really a console? We'll we'll get to this. Uh, The controllers aren't standardized, which means that if you want to switch games, you have to reboot the whole console. (laughs) 
there's still been no decision on supporting game engines like Unity and Unreal. It's coming out in March, so they haven't figured it out yet. That's amazing. Um, so they said this is going to be a media device, uh, but Netflix, Hulu, and HBO won't have native apps because it's not a native. There's no you can't make native apps for a customized OS that doesn't exist. They're just going to use a web browser on Linux. Again, incredible. Atari has refused to pay third-party developers to create any sort of front-end UI for the uh, VCS, or even just to port games from that third-party developer to the VCS. So essentially, besides Linux, there's no software for it. There's nothing. At all. There are two models. (laughs) This is my favorite part. There are two models, one with 4 gigabytes of RAM and another with 8 gigabytes of RAM. The 4 gigabyte model only exists because there's an exclusive deal with Walmart. Well, they're going to have their own exclusive Atari, and Walmart had a stipulation that the console had to be $250. So rather than do anything uh, that would make sense, they literally took the 8 gigabyte model and just take one of the two RAM cards out that's 4 gigs and leave an empty slot in there and then market it as upgradable. Which is ridiculous. The only silver lining I've heard in the whole story was that there is a the retro Atari controller is actually really good and can be used on other devices. That's like the kind of a jo- big joystick one. Um, we do have an update that said Atari has responded, and here's the quote: Atari wishes to inform you that some of your questions indicate that you possess information that is incorrect and or outdated. In addition, some aspects of the Atari VCS project clearly have been leaked to you in violation of existing confidentiality agreements, and Atari therefore hereby reserves its rights its rights in that respect. Um, wow. I talked a lot for there for a while, Chad. What are your thoughts on all that? I'm sure you're Fucking on Atari's you so. side. <laughs> That's it. That's all I gotta say is I told you so. It's trash. Yeah, this is this is shocking. This is really bad. I it's hard to imagine what the behind the scenes looks like. How do you how as an executive do you go in and work on nothing essentially and say you're going to release a console with no custom UI. Didn't we see pictures a while ago of like what their custom UI would have looked like? I don't know. I've blocked it out of my memory. I this is it. amazing. But you can still pay $100 a year to stream Atari games through a third party onto it. Ooh, wonderful. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm just really trying to wrap my head around how this works. So you have a Linux machine essentially that you plug into your tv do you move the cursor of linux around with your joystick and then a like a keyboard ui shows up when you want to type in something so far do you have to plug in a mouse and keyboard to use it like the hardware is gorgeous and looks really nice i think it looks nice but man i mean this is if this does come out it will be the biggest joke system ever i mean move move aside ouya atari vcs has beat you out it's already beat it out and it's not even out and it's never coming out yeah at this point i think it's safe to say it's never coming out i was holding on funding pre-orders well apparently there aren't many of them they've only sold well sold fifteen thousand. so wouldn't have that much to return on although do they have the money to do that if they had to 
Well, they don't have to pay a console architect anymore. <laughs> well, they didn't pay him anyway. They didn't have to pay him at all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this is just baffling. It's like, I don't know. This might be, oh, I just I, I typed a tarty in here. I'm going to change it to a tarty. <laughs> Desanti water. Desanti. Yeah, this is, again, some really that's shocking, but not surprising. I knew it the whole fucking time. I knew it. <laughs> I think we, we we had posted a few videos to YouTube, and I think someone responded to us talking about Atari on there. And said oh, the lines of yeah. Like, like, no, they're all working really hard inside of there. It's a good stuff. Like, I think you commented back to them. It was probably too. an Atari spokesperson. <laughs> yeah, who's like, no, 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 this thing's going to be no, great. No, it's going to be Whatever. great. Go pre-order it for $400. <laughs> I just can't imagine. I still can't get over the fact that it's running Linux. Like a lot of things run Linux, but it's like literally running a desktop UI version of Linux. <laughs> that's incredible. Yep. Oh man. Okay. Moving on to another story that's just amazing. Konami has brought back Silent Hill, but don't get too excited. It's in the form of a slot machine, just how you wanted it. <sighs> yep. Yep, the Silent Hill Sil- Escape. Yeah, Silent Hill Escape is just the first of several Silent Hill-themed slot machines with more to be announced at the Global Gaming Expo because one oh, was great. not enough. It reminds me of when they uh, released the, I think it was Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, like the really gorgeous remastered footage. And everyone was like, oh my God, what is this? And then it turns out it was for a pachinko machine. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. <laughs> It, I think it's, this is one of those things where to us this sounds really tone deaf, but they keep pushing this new direction. That's they, they make their money from pachinko machines and gambling. That is where Konami makes most of its money. Yeah, it's just a shame to see. Like I, I've never played Silent Hill, but so it's one of those franchises I would love to dip my toes into if it were like a new game came out at any point. It's just not going to happen, I guess. Not unless you go to Vegas. <laughs> like, is it a spooky slot machine? Is it spoopy? Is it supposed to scare you? Like, I don't... This is stupid. Scare you right on your money. You get frightened and leave your wallet behind. And a security <laughs> guard comes up and swipes it. <laughs> uh, final story in the third-party quest log. Uh, Steam's 30% cut is actually the industry standard. This comes from Tom Marks at IGN. So... I'm not going to go through everything in the article. I just kind of want to go through what areas offer 30% and what that kind of looks like. So here are all the stores that get a 30% cut, just like Steam does. So the PC-based stores, it's Steam. It's Microsoft Store. It's GOG. Steam, however, you can end up... Actually, this is baffling to me. You can end up... They can end up taking a 65% cut after fees and deductions. Whatever that means. That's a lot of money taken away from the developers console stores that take a 30% cut PlayStation Store, Xbox Game Store, Nintendo eShop so basically all of them Yep. mobile stores both the App Store and the Google Play Store do this physical stores GameStop, Amazon, Best Buy, and Walmart every major player takes a 30% cut the exceptions are Epic Games with 12% H.io which I'd never heard of before they let the developers decide and then Humble Bundle takes a 15% cut for themselves, and the other 10% goes to, um, back to charity, um, goes to charity or back to the player. It's the player's choice, 25% total. 
And then usually with publishing and engine licenses, that kind of stuff, developers usually end up with 10 to 15% of the total sale price of the game. I think it says some developers only end up with that much. I don't think 10 yeah, to 15 is like the standard that most people end up with, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was not much higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me... It makes me glad that I can support people that I'm in a position where I can support people by buying games full price and pre-ordering them when I feel excited or, or interested in them, knowing that a lot of that money is not going to go to them. It's one of those things that I get it with GameStop, Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, because there's more that they have to consider. They have to ship. There's like the shipping to the stores. There's maintaining the stores, which is I'm assuming more expensive than maintaining a server. Well, Steam's argument has always been like, but we also have other features. Like we have the community forums and things like that. And we have Steam trading cards and all these things that we have to support as well. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it looks like it's industry standard, but apparently there's a big movement already going on of behind the scenes of people trying to disrupt and change this, which is what Epic Games Store has been yeah. pretty successful in at least making visible, if not making changes to it. I think what's interesting in the story is with Epic Games... I kind of you kind of realize what they're actually up against. Before it kind of seemed like, oh, they're up against Steam. Like, no, they're not. They're up against everyone. Yep. To change to bring the thirty percent down would be impactful to the industry. GameStop barely makes a cut to begin with because, like, I mean, they may barely make a profit to begin with. At least they're struggling. I should put it that way. They're making money. They're just struggling. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It kind of reframed that whole narrative for me. They've been framed. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to this main quest, which is Blizzard and China. Whoa. What a clusterfuck all week long. Yeah. Uh, this, this is really fucked up. So Blizzard suspends a Hearthstone player for liberate Hong Kong statement. This first story came from Nicole Carpenter at Polygon. Um, Ching Wu, is it Ching Wu Wei? who is Blitzchung, said liberate Hong Kong revolution of our time directly into the camera before being cut to commercial during a post-game interview. He was also wearing a gas mask, which is like a sign of showing support for the Hong Kong protesters. So both Chung and the interviewers faced repercussions. Blizzard claimed that Chung's comments violated rules involving damaging Blizzard's image, offending the public, portion or otherwise, or disgracing yourself. He violated one of those terms th that's in the rules. Therefore, they revoked any prize money, permanently removed him from Hearthstone Grandmasters, and banned him from any Hearthstone esporting events for a year. The interviewers were also fired. That's actually part I feel really bad for. They yeah. didn't tell him to say that. They didn't tell him to say that. And immediately after he said that, they cut to commercial. Yeah, they so did it's not like they had a, done. They didn't have a chance to like reel the conversation back in. We'll talk about that a little bit later when they talk about justifications for this. Yeah, so I feel I actually feel really really bad for them. People online are super outraged about this. I went to the Blizzard subreddit to see what people were saying, and the top fifty posts of all time on the subreddit. All posted within the past few days were just raining on Blizzard's decision to ban uh, Chung. All of them. 
all 50 of them. The next one that wasn't was um, about the Diablo mobile game that everyone was upset about. <laughs> so basically just like the top 50 posts are people being really upset at, at Diablo. But to put this into better perspective, that Diablo post had 4.5 thousand upvotes, which is a good amount. That 11 months ago was the highest, or a few days ago, was the highest upvoted post on that subreddit. Now... Oh, actually, typo here. Now the highest post has 65,000, 65.3,000 upvotes. Not 6.3 upvotes, as I wrote in here accidentally. Um, that's the highest one right now. There was another one that had 180,000 plus upvotes, but it was taken down and deleted by the, uh, the original poster. So people on who are kind of avid uh, fans of Blizzard are super, super pissed. IGN wrote an article, the Blizzard uh, China controversy and why hashtag boycott Blizzard is trending uh, by Jordan Serrani at IGN. So he says even a creator of the kind of, what is it called? The the World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft Classic. Classic. That's what it's called. I couldn't remember the name of it. So the World of Warcraft Classic, um, one of the creators of that, Mark um, Kern, said he's opposed to Blizzard's fear of China and the silencing of Blitzchung. He's, I'm calling on Blizzard to stand up for what is right. So even internally, they're having some problems. Um, other Blizzard employees uh, covered part of a statue that's in front of the company uh, headquarters that says, think globally and every voice matters. They just covered those portions up. Actually, there's a third one, too. It's think globally, lead responsibly. And importantly, every voice matters. So of those three, they covered up, think globally, and every voice matters. And anywhere from a dozen to 30 Blizzard employees have performed a walkout protest. The article also noted that Blizzard, uh, their income from China is 12% of their total income. So it's not their biggest amount, but the idea is that they see a lot of potential for growth in that market. So they might not want to stir things up too much. Uh, Tim Sweeney of Epic Games, he came out and said that despite um, Tencent having a 40% stake in Epic Games, he promises that no Fortnite players would be banned for any statements on politics and human rights. He must have been like, yeah, I get to like lay it into Blizzard <laughs> and, and like defend us. This is going to be great. Um, so people are upset. And basically, Blizzard had to say something. They had to come out and say something. And they had such a bullshit response. This is insane. They said that they stand by their vision to think globally, lead responsibly, and importantly, every voice matters. They stand by that vision. Quote, the actions that we took over the weekend are causing people to question if we are still committed to these values. We absolutely are, and I will explain. So I'm paraphrasing what they were saying, but they kind of brought up three points. One is that their whole every voice matters. You can say anything you want to. They just want to avoid topics that would be maybe upsetting or uncomfortable some people who just want to enjoy the tournament so they don't really want political talk they don't want you know talk about like race gender sexual orientation that kind of stuff they just want to keep it to the tournament so say anything you want as long as it's about the tournament the second is that um the shoutcasters are there to build up excitement not to talk about politics and state their political opinions which in this case the interviewers were not doing that <laughs> i don't know why right that they were this fired. is the part that like they're like hey their statement saying, hey, this is why we made the choice that we made is because they're supposed to be there to build up excitement for the game. And I'm like, cool. Well, then when some person went rogue, you didn't allow them the opportunity to steer that back. And then suddenly now they've just lost their job because of it. Yeah, that's totally unfair. Absolutely. And the third thing they said is Chunk's specific views weren't the issue. They said had Chunk said the opposite point of view that Hong Kong needs to succumb to China, 
he would have faced the same exact repercussions. Um, so this, then they go on to be humble. What has Blizzard learned from this incident? I thought this was hilarious. One, they reacted too quickly. Yeah, that was the that was the problem. They reacted too quickly. Chunk's ban is now down to six months from one year. It was just too harsh. So we're just going to half it. And they will continue to apply the same rules. No divisive or social political views views could be mentioned uh, at a tournament. Um, it's worth noting they did also return the prize money. They did. They had originally taken away all of his prize money, but I, I think that was such a weak response from them. I, something to keep in mind with the story is that this is coming the same week that the NBA had their debacle with China and censorship the same week that Apple had their whole taking down an app to benefit China over the uh, North Korean protesters or the Hong Kong protesters. What did I say? Oh, North Korea protesters. I'm sorry. Um, Not North Korea protesters. There are probably people in North Korea who are protesting. (laughs) We just haven't heard anything about it because they're they're all dead. (laughs) So if this were an isolated thing and those other news stories hadn't happened, I'd be more willing to forgive them for this because I did go back to find out, well, have, have any esports players openly said anything about American politics at a tournament and did they get the same treatment? And I couldn't find any examples of just any politics being spoken about at all at these events. There was the one where they got rid of the OK sign at the events because that's the whole white supremacist sign. Allegedly, it's not, but people are concerned well, about that. it is that. now. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> Um, that's a whole other conversation, though. So they do tend to want to steer clear political conversations at these events. That is clear based on what I've seen in past reporting. It's just the fact that all these other news stories are around it that I have a hard time believing that that there was no Chinese influence on this decision at all. I have a really hard time believing that, considering we've just seen how they put pressure on other companies, American companies, to play along with their censorship we'll say it that way as <clears throat> as quickly as it's speculative the but that's just was, how i feel about it or as quick as the reaction was i can't i can't comfortably say yes china told them to punish him this way um mm-hmm. but they do have interests that make sure that they play nice with china one yeah. of the things there's been an extensive discussion every single day on kind of funny games daily this week uh, and it's if you if you don't listen to them, it's worth going back and listening to this discussion with Gary Witta and then the next day with Imran Khan because they have some really great insights on it uh, as far as like the back dealings of business in that area. Uh, but yeah, like the World of Warcraft movie, half over half of the sales and views from that movie came from China, and that's huge for Blizzard. So the, like its franchises, China is. It doesn't want to. It doesn't want to piss off China because they are a huge opportunity, a huge area for growth for them. So I can definitely see that maybe as quick as this came, it's like, oh, we don't want to piss off China. We don't even want to introduce that yeah. concept or idea in there. They're like, let's shut that down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I do. Be- I, obviously, China has their hand in almost every single company. We're a capitalist nation. We rely on them for so much. Um, but when it comes to these protests and the human rights violations and all these kind of things that they're dealing with. I do think that it is, it takes big companies standing up and saying, despite the monetary loss that we're going to take or the, um, the like ostracized being ostracized from China and, and their dealings, it's worth saying we believe in these rights. 
shout out to Blitzchung for in his statement. He released something later on his channel. He's like in his statement. He's like, I did what I did because I believe in that, and I needed to say this for my country, knowing that I could very much lose my life for what I just did. Like Mm -hmm. when he goes back home to China to Hong Kong, like he could be killed for this. Um, so shout out to him. No exaggeration. Exactly. No exaggeration. Shout out to him for taking a stance and standing up because. Quite honestly, these protests have been going on in one way or another for almost six months. And it's always been like a thing that in, you know, the headlines of the news that I scroll past, like, okay, got it. Something's going on in Hong Kong. I get it. But now he stood up and made an entirely new audience aware of what's going on. And I now know a lot more about it than I did a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to him. And I think we, there's a very big, um, a very big blanket being pulled from our eyes now as we start to realize just how much influence China has. And we as a society, as a country, as a capitalist nation have to figure out how we deal with it or not. And that's kind of what I meant by China's involvement in this decision. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I'm going to call him Winnie the Pooh because I don't know if you know that meme. Because it yeah. pisses him off. Oh, I watched yeah. last week tonight with John Oliver. Okay, yeah. So uh, I, I don't think Winnie the Pooh actually tapped Blizzard and is like, cut, cut, cut the camera right now go to commercial like i don't think that happened but it's like you said like you have movie companies going back to like iron man 3 where okay we're gonna make certain scenes of this of iron man 3 to cater to a chinese audience we're gonna like if actually there's examples of black panther completely changing their marketing for china because they knew that they had to show it differently to had to speak differently there than it did to an american audience so they they do clear things and apparently there's also like scripts will be written and they'll be like, hey, you need to change these things in the script because we want to sell this movie in China. And the way it's written, we know there's going to be some concerns. It's like yeah. everyone kind of already knows which, how China wants things to be censored. So they just kind of play along with it. And my huge concern with this is that we might be have freedom of speech here in America. And we might not have censorship here in America from a government entity at least. But because of globalization, it doesn't matter. There's a lowest common denominator censorship where because China is an economic authority in this world now, they have the ability to change how American companies even talk to the public here in America. Like the NBA players could not talk about their their stance on what's happening in the China-Hong Kong protests, even though they talk about issues in American politics often, which is great that they talk about those issues. It's just really... It's really concerning. And I think that there's been a big enough backlash from people, not just at Blizzard, but also the NBA. And I think Apple's gotten some heat as well, that hopefully this shifts. But it's going to be a really tough thing to shift because these companies make a ton of money in China. They can't just risk it, losing it. I know that's like, well, they can for more reasons. But if they pull out of China, their stockholders could sue them for being irresponsible being fiscally irresponsible so like they're kind of in a rock and a hard place right now yeah it's really tough i mean obviously let's not rely on china so much at this point i think we know that because that's what's putting the pressure in the first place but man what a huge story yeah it's it's uh gonna be shit for blizzcon in a couple weeks as well there are already oh, yeah. huge protests planned for BlizzCon. <laughs> They're like, all right, just just announce Diablo 4. It's not ready yet, but just announce <laughs> it. 
They have to. If they go into this BlizzCon and they don't announce Diablo 4 after last year's mobile game. And this. And this. <laughs> we're going to burn it to the ground. Yeah, we're announcing some new skins in Overwatch. Get excited, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Let's move on to something more fun. Dustin Estate Hill, he tweeted at us for a Ryan subscriber interrogative. He said, hey, at Respawning Fire, going to keep it spoopy. Is there any horror game you would love to see a movie of? A good one, that is. Uh, I'm going to take this in a little bit of a different direction. I don't know if I want a horror game to be a movie, but I would love to see an animated Luigi's Mansion movie. Interesting. Yep. It's a horror game. It's just ah, a cutesy it's not a horror one. game. That's a puzzle it's game. It's a cutesy one. It's a, it's a, it's a puzzle it's got, game with silly ghosts. It's got spoopy ghosts in it, okay? Or it's a horror game. I would love to see spooky Halloween-y type versions of non-traditionally scary games. Like, what do you mean? I can't think of one off the top of my head right now, but hopefully I will <laughs> while you talk about your answer. I don't want to see any horror games. That was my original answer, too, but I felt like it was a cop-out. I don't want to see horror movies or horror games made in the movies. Horror games have the potential to scare you more than a horror movie because at this point, we all know what's scary in a horror movie. (laughs) We've all seen a bazillion of them. It's not scary anymore, but a horror game can scare you. I don't think that the person in in a horror movie who's running away from the serial killer is going to get killed because I know that she has to be around for act two climax sequence where she has to make some big decisions so she's not going to die in the beginning of act one. It's just not going to happen. So I'm not worried about it. But in a game, you can't die and you might not be able to overcome the odds. You just might not be able to. You might only have three bullets that's not enough. That can't carry over to a movie. Here's also what's scary about a game is the required agency. When you're watching a scary movie, if something scary comes on, you can close your eyes for a couple of seconds. It'll pass, and you can keep going. In a game, if something scary comes, you don't get that choice. You got to fucking do it. You got to press on. <laughs> you have to fight it. Like That's you just have to part what? of what's scary, too. You have to fight it. I wanted you to do just do it. I know I what you wanted me again. to do, and that's why I didn't do it, because <sighs> I'm not a puppet. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I want to see, even if it's just like a short, 22 minute thing that airs on I don't know Disney Channel I want to see a Luigi's Mansion movie that is interesting I like that idea (laughs) I think like for example like the whole Last of Us movie that apparently might have uh, Maisie Williams in it that kind of thing I don't want that movie I just don't want it I love the story of Last of Us as a game I like playing it as a game don't need a movie of it nope also, too, this is, I don't mean this to sound derogatory, but like, even The Last of Us doesn't have the most original story. So if you put it in a movie format, it just becomes a generic horror film. I think all horror films are the same way, but I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I you, don't mean you that. Move as into a new house. The new house is spooky for some reason, and then you conjure up something demonic, and you have to put it back, and it destroys. Yes, they the can house. somehow move make away. like. They could somehow make a bazillion paranormal activity movies, though. Yeah. Just stop moving. Everybody stop moving and nothing spooky will ever happen again. <laughs> the first three paranormal movies were actually good, though. I liked the first three. I didn't watch More past bad. two. No, I think I watched the first one and maybe the fourth one. Oh, the fourth one was awful. I remember. Awful. Three had some cool practical effects in it where I'm like, how do they just, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did a lot of stuff. It was good. 
I do like your idea though of taking games that aren't traditionally scary and making them scary. Like, what would a Metroid Prime horror game look like? That might be kind of cool. Yeah, like fighting off Heck some yeah. zombie space pirates or something like that. Yeah, I'm into it. Or a rabbit's hard game where you just realize there's no monsters, just rabbits going blah. Ah! And stuff. God, those <laughs> games are so stupid. I love them. <laughs> so yes, yeah, sorry, Dustin Estate Hill. We don't really want any horror <laughs> game movies. Saints, but thank you for your question. We have plenty of towels. Thanks. Let's wrap up with Game on Game Show, the game on our gaming show where we play game on games. Uh, whoa, that was more strokey than normal. <laughs> 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 this week we have a returning segment called Video Game Would You Rather, where we've got three yeah. hypothetical situations where you have to choose which one fucking sucks and which one fucking rocks. This is my favorite game we play. I love Would You Rather. Well, this one's always the most difficult to come up with. So if we're ever not playing video game Would You Rather, it's because I forgot about it till last minute. And so <laughs> I came up with a <laughs> flesh it out segment instead. <laughs> so we've got three video game Would You Rathers that I came up with today in between napping for five minutes each. <laughs> I would legit, I would like come up with the first half of a Would You Rather. I'm like, okay, what's the opposite of that? I lay my head back down, close my eyes. And I wake up like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's it. Okay, good, good. I'll go back to sleep. (laughs) Here it is. The first one. Would you rather have to control all your video games with a rock band guitar or control all of your video games with a bop it? (laughs) Do you remember bop it? I do remember bop it. Oh, man. Bop it, twist it. Flick it. Bop it, flick it. That's right, okay. I can't remember all the things, but I remember the ad. Whoa, that's... Uh, to me, that's actually easy. I'm going to take the rock band guitar, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. guitar? Okay. Right. The because I've bar. already seen someone beat Dark Souls with one. Ah, so I yeah. know that okay. it's it's possible to play games with it. And if you can beat Dark Souls with a guitar, you, you can play any game with that guitar. Yeah, I guess there are like there are knobs on it. There's the whammy bar. There's the strum bar. There's yeah. at least six buttons. But the boppets got pretty complex. It used to be just twist, bop, and pull it. That was the other one. That's that's pull it, yeah. But now they have pull flick it. it. They have a little wheel that you roll on it too. Like there are there are some interesting input methods on there that I think could map pretty cool to a uh, to a, a video game. Not to mention, it's easier to hold in two hands in front of you and like kind of rest on your lap versus a guitar that you gotta be like. That's that's a good point. I mean, at this um, point, you're going to have a hard time controlling the game regardless. Irregardlessly. Uh, I honestly, I would go bop it just because you know, I feel like you right. could do cooler things with bop it. You've convinced me. I'm suede. Yeah. I'm going to pull it and I'm going to do a bop it. Can we call you Patrick Swadesy? What? R.I.P. Next up, number two. Would you rather have super babies put into your eye sockets? Oh, sorry. This should be power babies. Have power babies put into your eye sockets that grant you the ability to be more resilient. Or be shaped like a chicken nugget. (laughs) (laughs) So have super babies that do what again? Power babies. It's power babies. That your eye, you no longer have eyeballs. You just have empty pits in your skull. And you have to put power babies into your eye sockets. And they allow you to be more resilient. But I, I can see through them. Not not really. 
For this example, okay. not really. And Trevor Saves okay. the Universe, yes, you can still see. Okay, but if I'm a chicken nugget, I still have eyes? If you're a chicken nugget, you still have regular eyes, but you're shaped legit like a chicken nugget. That hands still? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you still hands? have hands and you still have legs. Um, and this is not like a the human race has these things. This is a you have these things. No, I got you. I got yeah. you. You know, I think I'd be a chicken nugget. Because here's why. If someone saw me walk down the street with little power babies come my <laughs> eyes, they'd be like, what the fuck? That guy is weird. Like, let's get away from him. But if I was a chicken nugget, they'd be like, that's weird. But he's kind of adorable. He's a little chicken nugget <laughs> who's just, like, stumbling around. And I'd have hands. So I could still, like, you know, play games. I could see because I have eyes still. I'd be a chicken nugget. <laughs> The I also power, like chicken nuggets. So I do like chicken nuggets. The power babies like granting you that resiliency makes me think like, oh, but resiliency to, like, to what? I guess what's I'm resi- like you'll be able asked. to like recover after exercise better. Like s- shitty sleep won't be as effective on you if you fall down. You won't necessarily be hurt. Like you could you could, you're, mm-hmm. you're more resilient. Things just kind of deflect off of you. And if you were a chicken nugget, like birds would be coming after you and stuff. <laughs> you're shaped like a chicken nugget. Oh, I thought you said you are a chicken nugget. No, you are nugget. shaped okay. like a chicken nugget. But here's the thing. You're right about walking down the street and people are like, oh my god, that guy has babies in his eye sockets. I don't know if I'm going to be more emotionally resilient. But there are be, already people out there who look like chicken nuggets. If you think about... They're adorable. Think about Huel <laughs> on Breaking Bad. That guy's a chicken nugget. <laughs> That guy is shaped exactly like a chicken nugget. And he was awesome. He is awesome. Have you seen... He was in something a couple of years ago, and he lost a ton of weight. Have you seen photos of him with all his weight loss? No. He still has the chicken nugget head. <laughs> but <laughs> So I feel like you would blend in and you would fit in more if you looked like a chicken nugget. It's just like, do you want superpowers or do you want to look like a chicken nugget? I think I would go superpowers and maybe just wear sunglasses all the time. And then I would have to, but then you can't see and I would have to be, I'd be Stevie Wonder. There you go. Yeah, fucking yeah. I would be Stevie Wonder. Done. I'm looking up the guy right now. His name is Lavelle Crawford. Lavelle Crawford. Crawford. Interesting content. Oh, yeah, he did lose a bunch of weight. Yeah, he did. But you're right. His head still looks like a chicken nugget. nugget And it makes him look awesome, so that's why I'm going to be a chicken nugget. Nice. All right. Last one. Would you rather be able to keep your large belongings in Pokeballs or be able to change the size of your room on demand to accommodate? I would choose to change the size of my room because here's the thing about the Pokeballs. And this is actually a question I didn't realize I had about Pokemon. All the Pokeballs look the same. How do you know you're actually throwing out the right one? Like, I want to get get my huge TV. Oh, that had the couch in it. I'll need that in a second. (laughs) Let me pull that back in for a second. Oh, no, don't look at that one. That's not for your eyes. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's my blow up sex doll. That's my blow up sex doll, yeah. I keep it a Pokeball. <laughs> uh, do you remember the Pokeball that came with Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu? 
you can like rattle it around and it goes meow. <laughs> yeah, but like, what's your couch gonna make as a noise? <gasps> versus <gasps> that's a couch noise. <laughs> versus your blow up doll is squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. So I have a drawer filled with pokeballs, and I'm just like, is this one? Nope, not that one. And just holding a bunch of them in my ear. Sharpies like, exist, Holden. <laughs> Sharpies, but the pokeball you can't ruin the aesthetic of the pokeball. All right, so then get a great ball, an ultra ball, a premier ball. Uh, Quick ball. There's so the many golden, different silver types. Ball, Safari ball. The bug the ball, ball. The, the net GS ball. ball. All of them. The gold so and silver ball is the GS ball. I already said that, Chad. Listen, listen. Look it up in the lore because it's not actually true. It did debut in the gold and silver games, but it doesn't stand for gold and silver. Oh, really? It doesn't? Uh, no, it's part of the myth of like being able to get Celebi from the gold and silver ball, but it actually wasn't attainable in those, but it was attainable in whatever the third game was. Crystal, was it? Ruby and Ru- Sapphire? No. No. Anyway. Oh, crystal. Yeah, crystal. Okay. Anyway, I feel like so you would choose be able to like make your room bigger or smaller to accommodate things as you wanted, and be like, you know what? I could really go for working out at home. Let me go. Whoop, room is bigger now. Yeah. That sounds great. And then I'm ready to like be really. I want to watch the movie Buried with Ryan Reynolds and pretend I'm in a sarcophagus with him and just like shrink <laughs> my room down and be really immersed <laughs> in this movie. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. So good. Yeah. Really good, yeah. Way better than it had any right to be, considering yeah. it only takes place in a coffin. If you were claustrophobic, do not watch that movie. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't um, do that. <laughs> I would do Pokeballs, though, because what's interesting about that is that, yes, it saves you space in your room. You now only need a room big enough to accommodate like one or two large things at a time. But it also gives you the ability to make things portable that weren't necessarily portable before. So if you want to bring your TV with you or bring your your desk or your bed. Or, oh, my. Can you imagine going to a hotel or something like that or going to a friend's house and be like, listen, I know your bed is shit. Let me just boop. Here's my Casper mattress. That would be dope. Or, you know what? I'm going to go camping. I don't want to have to sleep in a sleeping bag. I'm like, boop. There's my Casper mattress. See, I boop, think pop you up a piano wherever that. I want. I think you can do all of that with just shrinking your your room down. Shrink it down to the size so it fits inside of a Tupperware container that you put like a sandwich in. And then you just carry it with you and you're like, hey, I don't want to go camping. I literally just have my room with me. I'm camping in my bedroom in the middle of the forest. The square footage of your room changes. Your belongings don't change with it. Oh, okay. See, I figured the belongings changed with it. No, 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 no. It's it's all about managing space. Your your belongings can change size with Pokeballs. But your room stays the same. Or... Your room can scale, and you can put as many big things as you want in it. Okay, I'll take the Pokeballs then, because that that changes it. Because I figured, oh, I can take my room with me anywhere I go, but I can't. No, you can't. Hmm. Although it would be really nice to pay for a closet in San Francisco, but then be able to have something huge instead. That would be nice. <laughs> It would be like a Harry Potter thing where, like, really the room's actually, like, 12 by 12. It's, like, super small. But it's actually a mansion when you walk into yeah. it. Like, in Harry Potter, things just expand like that. It's, like, through magic. Sirius Black's house that's literally, like, hiding in plain sight and just, like, <sighs> Tangent, but this is important. What happened to that leaked Harry Potter trailer from, like, last year? Yeah, that was, like, teased the, not teased, but, like, leaked before even Game Awards. We haven't seen that at all. Yeah. And it's a it, PS5 launch game. I mean, the trailer was blurry, so you didn't really get to see the fidelity of the graphics or anything like that. But, but it looked, like, pretty close to feature complete. 
It did, yeah. I mean, they had a whole trailer made for it. Yeah, and it looked it was it was one of those things where it was not a fake. That was definitely real. Yeah. God, I want a Harry Potter game like that so bad. Me too. Make God it happen, Chad. Let me just call. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Let me run down the, the new street movies too. aren't cutting it for me. I'd like a, something else. Who was it that was supposedly <laughs> making that? What? Was who was who was making the Harry Potter game that leaked? Probably WB Games because didn't yeah, they make the Harry Potter movies? I mean, they publish it. I have no I mean, idea. Montreal's making it, or probably Rock Naughty City? Dog. Probably yeah, not. Right. Maybe Nintendo. You're right. You're right. You true, Kai. You yeah. true. That's it for Game on Game Show, and that's it for our podcast. Go to patreon.com slash respawnamefire if you want to do a few things. Get some dope wallpapers. You want to play Destiny 2 with us, New Light, every Thursday night, game night in October, and raid with us on the Sabu. Uh, if you would like to influence what we play, here's something new and important. We told you previously that November and December we're going to be reserved our BARF, Backlog Accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. We said we're going to reserve these for Game of the Year candidates that we haven't played yet. But we had a long discussion and we argued and we fought and we hit each other. <laughs> and we decided Actually, that is Chad making a lot of sense to me going, yeah, you're right, Chad. <laughs> it was like the exact opposite of there that. There just aren't <laughs> enough games that have come out already this year that we haven't played that are worth playing for Game of the Year or that we feel like we would give a fair shot to. Like, for instance, I'm not going to play Fire Emblem Three Houses because I'm going to hate the whole experience because I hate strategy games. Um. And then the ones that are coming out, we're going to play regardless. So we don't want to make your vote not matter. And if you don't vote for a game and we play it anyway, like that's useless. So we've decided to do something different. Holden is going to take over for the next two months. And because there are a ton of games coming out that we have to play, we have Death Stranding. We have uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. We have Luigi's Mansion. We have Pokemon Sun and... Not Sun and Moon. Sword and Shield. Shield. Uh, we have so many things that we have to play. We're still going to play those, but Barf will be bits of Barf for the next two months. Bit of Barf. One bit of Barf. Barf. Yes. They will be small experiences, three hours or less, and we will vote on one of them to play as a group. That way we're still playing something from our backlog that we also want to play and can play along together. Um, but it will be one thing. So Holden will put up that poll shortly. Yeah, probably tomorrow I'll put it up. Well, by the time you listen to this, it will already be up. Cool titties. That's again, you can vote on that if you're a patron. You can play that game and send us your thoughts about it at any time throughout the month. Speaking of, we're playing Metal Gear Solid this month. So if you want to offer your thoughts on that, whether you played it a long time ago as a wee little lad or lattice, is a girl lad, lattice? Mm. Lady. Fucking what? Is that where lady <laughs> comes from? Is that a girl lad? My mind just got blown. Holy shit. If you're a lad or a lady, and you're playing Metal Gear Solid with us this month. Let us know your thoughts on it. Write them in. DM us on Twitter. Email us. Respondingfire at gmail.com. All that fun stuff. Is that all the shit we have to say? Other than we love you guys? We love you guys so much. And ladies. And ladies. Lads and ladies and everything in between. Until next Who time. Who says lads? Hello, lads. So is, I don't know. Irish people, people you racist. <laughs> That's a Greg Millerism. Until next time, here's our usual sign off, lads. <laughs>